Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Now Bali podcast, where we bring you an audio experience of the island's rich culture, society, heritage, history, and more. I'm your host, Eddie Spears. Thank you to those who tuned in to our debut podcast. This is the second episode you're listening to. So if this is your first time listening, why not check out our first episode as well? For those of you who don't know, Now Bali started as a magazine in 2009, focusing on travel, culture, and leisure around the island. We continue to print a physical copy, but since then we've expanded into the online world as well. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, our newsletter, and of course our website, nowbali.co.id. We also offer a free digital version of the magazine to be read online or downloaded to be enjoyed on any device. So head to our website to access this. Outside of the magazine, we've also published books. We've mentioned previously Myth, Magic and Mystery in Bali by Jean Couteau, published by Now Bali, as well as other books on Balinese culture. If you're interested in reading deeper into this subject, purchasing one of these books would be a great way to support this podcast. Anyway, let's get stuck into episode two. Once again, we bring you this recording from Genesis Creative Center, a multidisciplinary creative hub in Brawa, Changu, where we are recording this in their highly professional music studio sponsored by Pioneer DJ Indonesia. Now, on with the show. After the dark path we went down in last week's podcast, discussing Jirogade Machaling, the demon held responsible for death and disease in Bali's animist beliefs, we promise you this episode will take a more positive note. We'll discuss how the Balinese Hindu deal with disasters in their own special way. This takes us nicely into the topic of ceremonies, offerings and their purpose and also unpacking the idea of balance in Balinese belief systems. But let's begin where we left off. In the last episode, it was mentioned that the believers of old ways said Jirogade Machaling corrupted the minds of Muslim radical youths, leading them to commit the horrible atrocities of the first Bali bombing. Now, we won't focus on these atrocities, but rather what happened after them. In the book Myth, Magic and Mystery in Bali by Jean Couteau, he writes that the Balinese did not perceive the atrocity as an attack by Islam on this Hindu island, but rather it was a sign of great cosmic disorder. Bali was out of balance. Anyway, the Bali bombing was seen as a sign of great cosmic disorder. Evil had the upper hand and was running amok. It was the Roga Sangara Bumi, the great chaos, attributed to the Kali Yuga era, the last of four eras where man and spirituality are at their farthest. What happens at the end of this fourth era? Well, it's said to be the end of times. Sorry, we said we would keep it light. So what to do when faced with great chaos? Well, this is where the Balinese excel. To cleanse a disaster of such a size, a ceremony of epic proportions must take place. And so, after the bomb, a great exorcism of the island was performed, called Pamari Suda Karipubaya. In the ritual Kawi language, this is translated literally as the great purification to cope with a major woe. 
from the 13th to 15th of November, 2002, Bali underwent an island-wide purification to bring balance back into the world. Now, this does not only take place after disasters. There are regularly scheduled big calendar ceremonies, called Ceremonies for the World, or Rarahinangumi, that if ignored or not done, the world itself will be subject to war, famine, diseases, etc. Who knew the state of the world was so dependent on Bali? Yes, humankind is at the center of balance. The balance between good and evil. The relationship between Sakala and Niskala. Seen and unseen forces. And the balance of Buana Agung, the macrocosm, the universe at large. And the Buana Alit, the microcosm, a reflection of the microcosm found within all of us. The macrocosm, made up of three parts, the godly world, middle world of humans, and the underworld, is reflected in the head, body, and feet of humans, respectively. Thus, our own individual balance in this universe depends on our ability to orient ourselves with the universe. Yes, the Balinese certainly have their work cut out for them. Placating gods, ancestors and demons is done on a daily basis. Every day we see offerings placed on street fronts, shrines in restaurants, homes and offices. Now, daily offerings come in many forms. The most well known is of course the Chanang Sari. The beautifully prepared square offering filled with flowers. This in itself is complex. It is comprised of a basket base, cheper, made of woven palm and banana leaves. The filling of the chanang is referred to as a peporosan, in which there must be represented the Trimurti, the three major Hindu gods. Shiva, the destroyer, symbolized by white, Brahma, the creator, red, and Vishnu, the preserver, green. Thus lime, white, betel leaf, green, and the areca or betel nut, red, are traditionally used. But flowers, banana, sugarcane, or shredded pandan leaves can also symbolize these colors. To make things even more complicated, the cardinal direction of the flowers also have significance. White flowers point east for Dewa Iswara, red flowers point south for Brahma, yellow flowers point west for Mahadewa, blue or green flowers point north for Vishnu. Finally, after the thoughtfully prepared chanang is laid, a stick of incense or dupa is burned from it and is wafted by the devotee. This is to transport the essence or sari of the offering up towards the gods. Offerings are a self-sacrifice. Spending time creating them, placing them and even spending money buying them, as many modern Balinese will do now, are all acts of personal sacrifice to give thanks to God or Sang Hyang Widi. It is a daily practice of gratitude and appreciation. In the great Mahabharata epic, Vishnu, in the form of Krishna, tells the hero Arjuna the expectations of the God. He says, Whosoever offers to me with devotion a leaf, a flower, a fruit or water, that offering of love with a pure heart I shall accept. These are the offerings for the gods. What about the demons? There's another type of offering, 
done almost as frequently as the Chanang Sari, called the Segehan, often placed on the floor. These folded triangles of banana leaf are filled with rice, appeasing the Bhutas and Kalas, demonic forces. All must be appeased, all must be placated. Even the deified ancestors must receive their respects. They too come down to earth from their heavenly abodes, along with the gods on Kuningande, and must thus be showered with offerings. Neglecting the ancestors can be just as bad as neglecting the gods. This is often the cause of misfortune amongst Balinese society. Balinese Hindu belief is separate from Hinduism found in India, as many of you will know. An important distinction is the idea of reincarnation. In Bali, people are reincarnated within a cycle of ancestors. You don't come back as a snake or bird or dog, but rather your great-aunt or great-grandfather. The souls of ancestors are said to be dwelling in Tana Aneaya, the old country, above the mountain, as dew or droplets. When a baby is born, an ancestor's soul has successfully reincarnated into our Sakala world. However, it's not as simple as that. In order for that soul to properly transition with balance and harmony, a series of ceremonies must take place. These are the Manusa Yadna ceremonies, which includes a ceremony when the fetus is six months old, the Otonan, which takes place 210 days after birth, the Matata or Mapandas teeth filing, the list goes on. And what happens if any of these ceremonies are omitted? Well, the person will find themselves experiencing some kind of misfortune. It might come as sickness, it might come as bad luck. At the end of the life cycle too, when the soul's vessel, i.e. the human body, has passed its expiry date, the soul must be given the correct send-off through specific rites. Only through these rites, such as the Ngaben cremation ceremony, can the soul be released from the earthly realm to rejoin the macrocosm, waiting above the mountain to be reincarnated. And what happens when these death rites are not fulfilled? Well, that soul will become an Atma Kasasar, a wandering soul or ghost, where it can cause calamity and misfortune wherever it may go. But misfortune can also happen if the soul is not given the send-off it deserves. A family seen to be skimping on their late grandfather's send-off may too receive retribution. Thus, if they have the finances, the Balinese will often make a real spectacle for the cremation. Lucky for us visitors who get to witness such an exuberant display. So offerings and ceremonies have a central role to play in the balance of Bali and the world. The Balinese are the ultimate multitaskers, simultaneously cleansing post-disaster, mitigating against potential disaster, balancing souls and bodies, feeding and entertaining gods and ancestors, whilst also appeasing the devils and demons at their doorsteps. It's a wonder they have the time for a normal life. Or perhaps this is what life is all about. To reincarnate into this world, assist as humankind in our duty to maintain balance between the forces of good and evil. They may be sent off to rest again in the abode of the gods before we are called back into another human shell to repeat the process. That is, unless we are able to achieve ultimate enlightenment, moksha, breaking the cycle of reincarnation to become one with the universe or macrocosm. 
Thank you for listening to the Now Bali podcast, episode two. We hope that wasn't too heavy on the culture side for you. A lot of new Balinese words to absorb there. Now, if you've enjoyed this, we'd really appreciate it if you'd share with a friend you think might enjoy it too. We're just starting this new series and so would be highly encouraged if more people tuned in. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram or sign up to our weekly newsletter, Home Life, to receive the new podcast every week in your inbox. Thanks again to Genesis Creative Center and to you for tuning in. This is Eddie Spears for Now Bali. See you next time.